I am also a person of great power. <laughs> I have the ability to take into my head to commune with the thoughts of sages dead for thousands of years. I have the power to convey my thoughts to people yet unborn. I have this power because when I was a little person, my parents took me and turned me over into the charge of wise women who were specially trained and authorized to usher people into the secrets and mysteries of our culture. And they gave me that access to this rich, rich strain of human culture. One way that I and perhaps many of you gained that access was by learning the sacred chant. And I know you're good singers. And if you know it, I invite you to join in with me. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, A, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, and Z. Now I know my ABCs. Tell me what you think of me. See, there's a variant. There's a sectarian version in that last verse there. Uh, very important. According to that font of all information, Wikipedia, the fir- this first this song dates back to 1835 when a Boston music publisher copyrighted it. And it's just brilliant. It's clever. It uses the familiar tune, the Twinkle, Twinkle Little Star, to help children learn the alphabet. And then there was a popular song in the late 1940s that used a similar alphabetic device. Uh, some of you may know it. Uh, uh, it was a big one for Perry Como. You could hear it on the Lawrence Welk Show. Uh, it was used by Sesame Street, that other great introducer to our culture. <laughs> A, you're adorable. B, you're so beautiful. C, you're a cutie full of charms. And on through, you know, the letter K, you're so kissable. And it ends with uh, W, X, Y, Z. It's fun to wander through the alphabet with you and tell you what you mean to me. And you can find those on YouTube. Better sung than I've done it right at the moment. Religious writers have long used the alphabet and acrostics as an aid to memory and perhaps even as an intellectual exercise. The writers of the Bible incorporated various acrostics in some of the Psalms and elsewhere. And uh, acrostics are uh, familiar, frequent rather, in Hebrew liturgy. One of my favorite hymns from my Jewish background was Ein Kelahenu, which is an acrostic. The first letters of each line, reading down the page, um, form the word amen in Hebrew. I'm going to indulge in a little alphabet play this morning because it's a good, even helpful way to get at some really important things. There's no better way to start this, although it is not, I'm afraid, at all playful, is to go back to the New England primer. You know, once upon a time in this parts of this country, 
Children learn their ABCs and a lot of theology from the New England Primer, the elementary school textbook, first published in 1690 and used for about 200 years in some school system. Uh, It began with the alphabetical instruction in Adam's fall, we sinned all. And and I'll just give you some of the selections. Uh, I know we wouldn't use that here, but uh, uh, let's go on just for a few of these. There uh, B, heaven to find the Bible mind. C, Christ crucified for sinners died. G, as run the glass, our life doth pass. J, Job feels the rod, yet blesses God. O, young Obadiah, David, Josias, all were pious. P, Peter denied his Lord and cried. W, Whales in the sea, God's voice obey. X, Xerxes did die, and so must I. (laughs) It's true, though. It's absolutely true. And and why? While youth do cheer, death may be near. About 20% of these verses dealt with death. Now, here is my effort in rhymed alphabetical couplets in the manner of the New England Primer to describe our liberal faith. I notice that I don't deal with death at all, which is a flaw, actually a major flaw. Uh, But in the next edition, maybe I'll get it in. But here is my liberal religious primer, A to Z. All have worth, we do affirm. Beliefs by our acts, we confirm. Creed points the way where we would go. Deed is creed that in act we sow. Existence calls us to explain. Fellowship is ours to attain. Growth comes to those who seek to grow. Hope is active, we surely know. Ignorance to knowledge changes. Justice calls from across the ages. Kindness might to the kind rebound, life we enhance with joyful sound. Mine and thine I shall not neglect, none will I treat with disrespect. One is unity made manifold, peace we value more than pure gold. Quietly listen, hope to hear, respect those far, no less than near. Seasons come, attend their turning. Tunes of music, resing our yearning. Unity is made of many. Vision shows what is and what might be. Why, we ask, when told tis true. X, some have one and some have two. (laughs) That's a hard one. You have power, make a loud shout. Zone, better in it than zoned out. (laughs) 
Fortunately, the English language has dropped some of its letters over the year. We no longer use the combined letter thorn, which is a combination of TH, so I only had to struggle with 26. I began thinking about this as a way, uh, letters this in this way, when it occurred to me that many of the things that are important to me in religion begin with the letter C. It is this realization that gave me the title of today's sermon, C is for Connection, although I originally called it C is for Religion, which many people thought a little puzzling. Uh, uh, And while I seem to need a lot of words, I can encapsulate my religion in a few words that begin with the letter C. Conduct, consolation, compassion, celebration, and connection, and connection which ties it all together. If you remember nothing else from this sermon, and I have people who've gone away and have remembered nothing, so if you remember just this little bit, please remember these five words, and I think I'll have given you something useful. Maybe they aren't perfect words to convey convey the meaning that I'm trying to reach at. Uh, I will use others as well, but I think these are four Keywords: conduct, consolation, compassion, celebration, and connection. Now, religion has two great tasks, which we can categorize under the heading belief and behavior. And these tasks help us explore questions, you know, what shall I believe and how shall I behave? Now, unfortunately for our exploration today, these are B words, But let's think, though, in terms, you know, it's no problem. We can think in terms of creed, although we say we don't have one. But think of of credo, you know, it means I believe in Latin. And conduct, and how these two are connected. Indeed, my creed says that life is lived in these connections. That the connections between thee and me, between them and us, between ourselves and all that constitutes our physical and intellectual universe. These connections, that's where we find our religion. Creed and conduct are mutually reinforcing. We think some creed is, uh, some rather, we think some conduct is good or bad, or should I say credible or censurable, because of what we believe. However, our experience in life also loops back to inform our creed, what we believe. You know, what we believe informs how we behave and gives it something to evaluate it. Uh, Our experience in life helps us form what we believe. Well, why play this word game? Maybe game in quotes. We play the game because the game is a tool to help us think. The constraints of the rule of the game help us create an opportunity to clarify what we're doing or what we hope to be doing. That's how we come to see the connections back and forth between creed and conduct. Now, some of the words and concepts run through everything I've just said, such as the importance of connection. Indeed, connection is, as I've been saying, one of the words I I choose to characterize my religion. Now, I've I've been amazed, actually, by the number of of C words there are uh, that have just crowded my alphabet of religion. 
When I posted on Facebook that I was coming down here today and speaking on this uh, uh, topic, I got all sorts of suggestions, C-word suggestions from my friends, uh, one of, uh, some of which you know, I had already thought of. Uh, a Catholic friend suggested communion. And I wrote back, yeah, that works. I would define it differently than you do. But yeah, communion is what we're about here. We're engaged in communion with each other. A former co-worker suggested cats. And I said, yeah, that's, I agree with that too. Why didn't I think of that? Uh, uh, you know, and I had two more this morning that, that occurred to me as I was sitting there. Cookies and coffee. Uh, I mean, what could be, you know, so that will be our communion afterward. Um, But, you know, there are other C words that are important. And, you know, just like I didn't deal with death in my 26 little rhymed couplets, I guess there's 13 rhymed couplets, uh, that, you know, there are other C words that are not here that really really are important. Uh, There's crisis. There's conflict. These two are part of the religious life. The, the crisis many of us, our communities find themselves in. The conflict that comes to even the most loving community, that every community, the most loving, caring community will have conflict, and which they need to, to resolve by caring and compassion. More C words. Well, I don't have time to discuss and unpack and elaborate on all these C words I've given you, but I want to expand a little bit on at least one of them. Let's use celebration as an example. I found that I've gone, as I go through life, that celebration is increasingly important to me. I know that left to my own devices, I would go through life just sort of totally ignoring the change of seasons and, you know, about the only, you know, dates I remember, my wife's birthday, my daughter's birthday, my wedding anniversary. Uh, and I find that I really, celebrations are important to me. I mean, some congregations, maybe you do at the end of the summer, you have a, uh, a water communion, or what you might call it, where people will bring in water, a little bit of vial of water from where they spent their vacation, and mix those together and remind us of how themselves about how community is uh, joined together and, and it reminds us of nature. I know you guys have a, just a really Saco winter festival here, right? Am I right on that? And, uh, you know, that, that makes you stop. You know, all that hurly-burly of what goes on at that time of year, you stop. I mean, it's more hurly-burly getting ready for this festival. But, but that, you know, you have to say, what does it all mean? What does the season change mean? What does it mean in terms of community? I'm involved at, at First Unitarian in, in Baltimore. We have our Winter's Fest we have a spring fest, which I'll be going at a meeting for tonight. And uh, we have a first fruits festival in the fall, uh, commemorating and you know, people bring in produce to share. These are really important. These celebrations help us think about our conduct and those connections between creed 
and conduct. So celebrations help us to consecrate, commemorate, connect. Is that happening? You know, what does that mean? We need to be conscious, another C word there, of what we're doing as we go through the cycle of the year through the calendar. Because consciousness brings clarity. The same is true for these ordinary Sunday services and other common coming togethers of community, of congregational life. We know more C words. It's community, congregation. We come together. And we need to, that, to keep our eyes open. And I could, in my, you know, the way my mind hops around, just go into a whole other sermon here of quoting, you know, there's uh, the, the famous, you know, the great hymn, Amazing Grace, started from a, 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 a poem. Didn't come to the current tune that we have from about 40 years. But, uh, you know, it says, I once was blind and now I see. In other words, I changed the way I looked at the world. Um, Abraham Joshua Heschel, the great Jewish theologian, the companion of Dr. Martin Luther King, uh, talked about our need to see. He said, you know, what we need to see is, you know, our mind tends to see what we know rather than know what we see. And we've got, to, we've got to know what we see. So, furthermore, you know, you've got to keep our eyes open. Furthermore, these words are not just goals, things that I want to attain. You know, I want to attain community. I want to attain celebration. These words are tools to help us main, to reach that goal. They're verbs as well as nouns. They speak to us in the active voice. And here, speaking of an active voice, I am switching from the, you know, explanation mode to the exhortation mode. So I should have thought of C words to explain that. But uh, command. command. Ooh. Ooh. But, you know, the problem is, as John Hode, a former ethical leader of St. Louis, said, you know, people in the ethical society want leadership but they don't want to be led. And, uh, and so I, I cannot command you to do this any more than Canute could yes, you know, command the tides. But I can offer this, this suggestion. Uh, and, and that is that you know, conduct, consolation, celebration, connection are not things that just exist, you know, lying around for us to pick them up. But they are things that are the result of conscious action that we make. Thus, the only way we can experience this thing called community, you know, I mean, we not only experience this thing we call community, but we also make it. I can't use community as a verb, you know, that would I almost wish I could, though, it'd be barbaric, but, you know, to community, you know. Uh, come on, you want to come in community with me? But, but we do use fellowship as a verb, you know, and it grates on some of us, but, uh, uh, but you know, you, you can do that. We experience connection, but we also go out to connect. Indeed, in order to be, be connected, we must connect. 
We've got to do something ourselves there. This is already a verb and a good one. We will need to be consoled, but we must also console. We experience compassion by being compassionate. Celebration is not only a thing, but also an act. Conduct is not just a set of rules, but our behavior. Creed is not just a list of postulates, but an act of using the concepts that define your world to connect to it through your conduct. I mean, a lot of these things, I was listening to your announcements before, uh, like, you know, your El Salvador thing. You're going out to connect. You have concern about people in other places. You know, this congregation is not just about what happens here. It's what happens here and then goes out into the world. So we ask ourselves, how can we connect? I hope that I've made it clear that we connect by connecting. We connect by our conduct toward each other in the larger world, by our efforts to console, which, by the way, means more than just saying nice things to a sad person, by our celebration of our time together in this really amazing world that we inhabit. We connect by connecting. Well, our lives conclude, even as the New England Primer constantly reminded us. Uh, Even sermons conclude. And, And for a sermon, if not necessarily for life, We need a conclusion that wraps things up. The takeaway, as the conference organizers talk about it, you know, what you get for your money when you register. Wordplay is the takeaway today. The five C's of conduct, consolation, compassion, celebration, and connection. But more than that, you can take away the technique that's offered by the whole alphabet. The wordplay enjoyed by the ancients as an aid to memorization and to teaching. Try it yourself with what's important to you. Explore the alphabet for yourself. New England had its primer. Maybe you can create the Washington liberal religious primer. 26 letters to guide our conduct and to connect our community. May you be connected. <laughs>